management in Cleveland, Ted Flop. He recently has been named one of the board members for the Shaker Heights Hockey League. Congratulations. I know Thank you did a fine job. Along with Ken Dworsnik, who is basically the board member of nothing. So I'm really good at that. I'll continue <laughs> to do that. Bring you another show. This is episode 96. Any names come to mind? I have one, but I want to um, see. Yes, I can't think of his first name, but uh, the last name was Camp, wasn't it? Absolutely, Reggie Camp. Reggie Camp. Thank you. Browns from '84 to '87. Yeah. Defensive end. He brought the wood. There's no doubt about yeah. that. He's the only one I can think of. How about you? Uh, I believe Jordan Elliott. I think is another guy who wore '96. Okay. Yeah. I can think of some other teams, but uh, specifically with yeah. the Browns, 96, that's, that's yeah. really about it. So huh. We're getting down to the nitty gritty. Yeah. I, I, have, I certainly have one for 97. I definitely have one for 98. And I definitely have one for 99. I don't this think is, I was, there's no 100. This so. is our uh, our uh, Browns preview show, right? Yeah, this is as close as we'll get to the Browns preview show. That is, This is it. Talking about old, old players and their jersey numbers. Yeah. Because I don't think anybody really wants us to talk about the Browns. And we and we don't. So You know what my prediction for the season is? I'm going to give the answer like they do in Rocky 3 from Mr. T, Payne. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. I was going to say they're going to win some and they're going to lose some. Yeah, but, that's well uh, said. Yeah, that's well said. Yeah. Well, Ted, obviously, once in a while, we like to talk about what's going on in our lives. I know I certainly updated you the last time we talked that I've kind of had a little bit of a, you know, not a health scare, but, you know, I'm my cholesterol was actually taken care of because I'm taking medication, but my, my glucose levels were high. And then also I, you know, certainly need to find a way to lose some weight. So my doctor didn't say I was obese, but technically with my charts and all that for my height and my weight, I am clinically obese and I need to work on my uh, BMI and all that fun stuff. And mm -hmm. I, I believe you most recently also had a, a checkup. And yes. obviously we don't want to go into too many details, but uh, if you want to talk about how your checkup sure. went and well, what your I, health situation is, that'd be great. I thought this would be interesting and I know you can relate to this. So Back in April, I had a cholesterol check. Okay. And my cholesterol was 268. Yeah, that's really high, buddy. That is high. Yes. That's really high. Yeah. Yes. They wanted to be below 200. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's way, that's in the uh, stratosphere. So, uh, my triglycerides were okay. My, I guess you'd call it good cholesterol, ADHDL cholesterol yeah. was good. That is good. My non HDL cholesterol was also high, not surprisingly. Okay. So my doctor put me on a uh, medicine, uh -huh. and I had my blood drawn again this past uh, Monday. What are you on? Andovastin? Is that what it is? Uh, like uh, that? I don't remember what it's called. It's a little pink pill I take once an evening. Okay. Just that it? You don't take a little, you, you take an aspirin or you just. No, you take I take one medication? pill each evening. Okay. I don't know so what I it's called. I take a pill and I take an aspirin is what yeah. I Yeah. So 
my cholesterol has gone from 268 to 181. Oh, very nice, Ted. Yeah. That's good. That's very now, good. Now, this is what I don't understand. Okay. My triglycerides, which were 122, are now 274. Mm. I don't know which. I guess you'd rather have high triglycerides than, tri than high cholesterol. My good cholesterol is still good. My bad cholesterol, or yeah, I guess it's the bad. I don't know. Yeah. My my bad cholesterol is still slightly high. They want it to be less than 130, and I'm at 133. So, hmm. yeah. Interesting. Well, that's good. You're eight, yeah, yeah. it sounds like your HDL is good, and obviously that's great that you got your regular cholesterol below 200. That's, that's yeah. really good. That's, that's I was amazed. But they call that desirable, Ted. Yes. Yes. Desirable level. I, I, I desired the, the pill and uh, yeah, I, it seems to be working well. So uh, I, I got those results on Monday in the morning okay. and uh, uh, I celebrated with a uh, corned beef uh, uh, fried uh, burger and Still some onion rings. There you go. That's and uh, my my advice to you and everybody else out there that has high cholesterol. I don't know if you can hear that. That's that's my tummy. And uh, I would tell you, just get yeah. They tell you to exercise and all that. No, just tell your doctor you don't have time. Get on the pill and eat whatever the heck you want. That's what I say. Certainly, yeah, you could certainly do that. <laughs> and you can exercise from here to Timbuktu. But at the end of the day, if you want to change a lot of these levels we're talking about, it's all diet. I yeah. mean, that's basically what I was told. Yeah. So, I, so mean, I could ride a bike 20 miles a day and I try to do that. But that's not going to do anything if I decide to have 16 cheeseburgers, 24 nuggets, and then four things of fries. So there you go. I didn't quite go that far. Yeah. But uh, yeah. That's good. Well, I'm, I'm yeah. very happy for you you've you've made some you've gotten some results yeah you've changed some of the uh your health you, you're trying to get healthier i, I think that's great because obviously we want to be around as long as we can to have this podcast first and foremost but then oh. also take care of our kids uh, yeah, yeah that's uh, very true uh my wife's reaction was uh hey the, the insurance is paid isn't it the insurance is paid yeah. yes yes that's classic. Yes, it is. So uh, there we go. So cholesterol is good. What else hopefully will be good is what we have on the show. Speaking of food, we have a fast food record that we're going to talk about. And the Cleveland calendar flips to September tomorrow. So we have details from Jen Brazdovich with Destination Cleveland on what you can do here in Cleveland in September. We have good news about a message in a bottle and a great Browns victory to reminisce about in Cleveland sports history with Dusty Sloan, plus a new shoe line. And Ken, you'll never guess what the shoes are made of. I've got the scoop in Claps Clips. That and more straight ahead. And now, a woman's perspective. What do you call an intelligent man in America? A tourist. This has been A Woman's Perspective. All right, out and about segment. 
Ted, I had the opportunity in the last two weeks to take in some of the wonderful food and drink places that we can take advantage of. And I want to let you know where in the heck I went. I love that. It's kind of like a a way for you to track me and what the heck I'm doing. I love that we talked about at the top of the show how you're supposed to lose weight. And then we get a couple segments in. Hey, let's talk about where I went out to eat. Well, these are, I mean, these are, well, no, I want to say these are cheat days, but I think every day has been a cheat day for well, a while. It's been better. I've done what better, but so this was, uh, this was uh, during the week. I actually running around in my diner with my kids and you're going through this now too with school and hockey and football and my, my kids are in a couple of different events. And so I had to go to an open house at Medina high school. And so before I went there, there's a small little brewery that actually took over for a diner. It's called Wrecking Crew Brewery. It's a nice little place, and they have some really good beer. I had a couple beers there, and it was great. I thought that was a good way to certainly uh, ease the tension going into open house. So I <laughs> thought that was perfect. They were super nice, and uh, they took care of me very well. So hats off to them. Uh, the previous Friday, we like to try to go out to dinner on Friday or Saturday when, when the kids are with us. So I went to Mellow Mushroom. You've been to Mellow Mushroom? No. It's very good. They have all kinds of different specialty pizzas. I did have a celebrity sighting there when I was there. Oh. I didn't co- go up to this person because I'm not that person. Mike Snyder was there picking up some pizzas. So Mike Snyder and Cavs Studio Control. So uh, hats off to him. He, he also enjoyed some wonderful Mellow Mushroom. It was very good. Where was this? This is in Rocky River. Rocky River. Okay. I believe yeah, he lives right in Detroit. Lakewood. So was he there with yeah, his he's wife? pretty close. I just saw him picking up pizzas. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah, I think he was doing the old carry out. Okay. He had his eyes glued to the TV watching the the Guardians at the time, and uh, he's picking up his pizzas, and I just let him be. The God G-Man. Knows, the last person he'd want to talk to at that point in time would be myself. So, yeah. Um, also, a Lakewood place that we checked out for the first time, which is really cool. It's called Addicted to Coffee. Hmm. Obviously, by their name, they, they do have coffee drinks. I was just going to ask, what do they store. serve there? <laughs> but we specifically went because they have ridiculous, and I mean ridiculous, milkshakes. Oh. To the point where, and I think everyone has seen this, like for Bloody Mary's, they have all these different things on top. So you get a Bloody Mary, not this, not this place, but I'm giving you an example of yeah, what the yeah, milkshake yeah. is like. So like a Bloody Mary would have like, I don't know, a, a fried chicken piece or, you know, a very large sandwich. This place, and we got two different ones. They have like an Oreo cookie in there. They have um, a, a brownie. They have mm. a cupcake, all that kind of stuff. It's really cool. It's, it's really different. You have to check it out. Small little place uh, right on Madison Avenue. It's called Addicted to Coffee. Your kids will get a kick out of that. I, Next I, I time we're on the west yeah. side, that's where we're going. You should do that. Um, we actually did, through St. Bernadette's, we did a day of service, actually. Went to a place called Laura's House. We didn't eat there, but we went to Laura's House, did some service hours. It's a women's crisis center. Um, it was very cool. My, myself and the kids and anyone did that, so that was cool. And then on Sunday, first time, we went to a place called Lee Wa which is in Asia town on Payne Avenue. And okay, let's, let's just, you know, we'll we'll go behind the curtain here. I, I like Chinese food, but 
authentic Chinese food. I'm good with some of it. Some of them I'm not. I mean, okay. the whole nine yards. So we went to this place and it is it's a very big facility. I say it holds probably about 100 tables, something like that. It was packed. Mm. This was at like 2.15. It was packed. Right. So okay. we walk in. It was myself and Aon actually her son Owen. He came in from Cincinnati. And they wanted some dim sum, which is, you know, certainly very popular and all that stuff. So we walk in and we sit down. And I don't know how this whole thing worked. They have carts that move around the whole facility. And you oh. just point to what you want and they put it on your table. I've never seen that. So egg rolls, you do wonton soup, you can do all that. The one obscure thing that I had, Ted, yeah, I did have fried chicken feet. Had it. Got it done. That was the first for me. I ate it. I, I must say, tasted like chicken. I mean, I don't know what else to Oddly say. Oddly enough. That's where it was. So that was my out and about. Um, you got you got anything on your end? I, I know uh, you've been running uh, around with the kids a little bit, but I no, no, I anymore. don't. I don't really. We're just ru running around, but I will go back to. I will go back to. Oh, I will go back to. Uh, when we were on vacation, we went to, and I can't remember the name of the place, but when I go to out of town places, I try to eat at like a mom and pop restaurant. If I can, right, I do the same. Yes, And I look at the menu, but I ask the server, I say, what's, what are you known for? What, what do I need that? You know, the, the signature dish, give me this signature dish. I had chicken liver. Oh, you did. Okay. I did. I've had that. What did yeah. you think? I thought it was, uh, doesn't taste like chicken, but I yeah. thought it was okay. Wasn't great, yeah. but it was, it was okay. That's cool. Did you get this on your own? Did or Awen or Awen? Did Erica have it? <laughs> you just had to do uh, it. I, no, I, uh, I got it just myself. The kids got uh, chicken um, strips. Yeah. And when my middle son wasn't looking, I snuck one of the livers onto his plate, and he <laughs> tried it. Thought it tasted a little odd, but wasn't objected. Didn't object to it. So, that's great. I, yeah. I'm all, I'm a big believer of having kids try different things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's really cool. That's awesome. That's the only out and about I have. That's enough. We were out and about, and we're loving it. Time for the Overachiever segment, and we have a pair of TikTok chefs that are owners of their third guinness world record that mm. is definitely overachieving not one not two but three okay guinness world records they visited 69 fast food restaurants in 24 hours <laughs> these guys need to be on our podcast this is awesome they choose new york for their attempt because all 69 were within an eight mile walk they actually managed to visit all of the restaurants within seven hours and 15 minutes and even lost some time getting stuck in an elevator at Macy's on 34th Street. That is cool. I, I think that's great. I think that's great. I would maybe that's something I just need to do here in Cleveland. Yeah. Take a Saturday when I'm not spending time with children or going to cross country or soccer matches. And I just try to run around and see how many places I can go to in in a 12 hour span. What yeah. do you think? I, think I, I like that. That could be uh we could do that for the show, maybe. There you go. Record our uh, experience. I love it. But hats off to these guys. 69 yeah. places. Wow. Yeah. 
I can't lot. imagine they're having big meals. No, I, mean, I, I would just, you know, one that. nugget or something like that. Yep. Or, yeah. Yep. Something like that. Now we do have another overachiever an Idaho guy broke a Guinness world record by inflating 10 balloons with his nose in one minute. <laughs> that's uh, never thought you'd hear those words quite in that order. Did you? Wow, that's, uh, <laughs> I didn't expect to hear that David rush. Also, I had to tie them by hand for the attempt to count. He has broken almost 250 other Guinness world records. So he is a, Wow. A serial world record. Gosh, he can have just his own Guinness yeah. record book on his own. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever so, inflated a balloon with your nose? No, I have enough to, enough of a tough time inflating it. My yeah. into it. Or tying the thing is hard, too. Yeah. 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 Well, what a rush. Good for him. There, there you go. What a rush. There are your overachievers. Cleveland! This is for you! Time for our Cleveland sports segment. That, of course, means that Dusty Sloan, our sports expert on Cleveland sports, is going to join us. And we have a very interesting one for you, Dusty. And now's the time we're going to have a lot of football history. But this one is from September 6, 1946. The All-American Football Conference which I believe the Browns dominated, begins regular season play, and they play the fine team of the Miami Seahawks. And while the game wasn't exactly close, 44 to nothing, where he had 60,135 people at Cleveland Municipal Stadium. Dusty, talk about that contest and talk a little bit about that season for the Cleveland Browns. Well, it was the, the Browns' first season in 1946. As we know, the Rams moved from Cleveland to Los Angeles, and the Browns took their place in the old AAFC, and this was the first ever game that they played in that league, 44 to nothing, like you said, against the Miami Seahawks, and you've got all the great names who contributed to that win, uh, Lou Groza, Dante Lavelli, Otto Graham, and the list just goes on and on. But, yes, you were right. The, the uh, Browns did dominate the old AAFC, winning all four of the championships before moving on to the NFL. So, Dusty, uh, who were some of the – who were some of the – well-known guys who may have helped uh, 44 to nothing in this game. Well, unfortunately, I'm not seeing the statistics on here, but I am seeing the scoring, and you have Max Speedy scoring a touchdown. Lou Groza kicked three field goals and five extra points. Dante Lavelli caught a touchdown pass from Otto Graham. So it, it was all those people that, that all the Browns greats from those early years, and they've started right from game one. Awesome. The interesting part of this this team, obviously led by Paul Brown, but I kind of looked up some stats and, and I thought you'd find this interesting. So out of the 14 games, they gave up as a team only 137 points, which basically they they gave up less than 10 points a game. And then offensively, and you've named some of these guys, and obviously a big reason is because of the average 30 points a game. I mean, think about that in this day and age, if you're averaging 30 points a game and just the way the game was. Talk a little bit about that with, you know, the dominance of that team and, and their ability just to play amazing defense, but score so many points. Absolutely. I mean, you look at Otto Graham's stats for that season. Obviously, he was a rookie, just like most of them were at that point. And he had a passer rating of, of 112.1. 
And that just oh, wow. didn't happen back in the late 40s and 50s, really into maybe the 70s and 80s. You just didn't see passer ratings like that. And he threw 17 touchdown passes to five interceptions. You don't see, you just did not see that type of quarterbacking, not for many people back then. And some people can say, well, the AAFC was an inferior product. Well, of course, anything that isn't the NFL is going to be an inferior product. But you look at Dante Lavelli in his rookie year, 40 catches for eight touchdowns. Every five catches he had was for a touchdown. Several guys ran the ball. They didn't really have like a – I mean, Marion Motley led the team with 601 yards and averaging 8.2 yards per carry as a fullback. So the, wow. these are eye-popping numbers no matter what league you're playing in. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. Well, Dusty, thanks for the time. Once again, nice to go back and look at the 1946 football season, which was a championship year for the Browns as they started the year beating the Miami Seahawks 44 to nothing at Cleveland Municipal Stadium. Dusty, thanks for your time. Thank you, gentlemen. Cleveland! This is for you! Good news, Ken. Workers at a school in Australia were restoring the school's spire, constructed back in 1935, when they discovered a message in a bottle left by one of the carpenters who helped to build the spire. The note, dated October 12, 1935, was written by a then 16-year-old apprentice carpenter named Gordon Benson. He, in the letter, said that he hoped that the note would find its way to his children or grandchildren someday. So, last week, the school hosted a ceremony and presented the note to Jeffrey Benson and Marilyn Blundell, two of Benson's five children. Oh, that's cool. That Very is really neat. neat. That is really unexpected. What a what a what a cool surprise! Yeah, that's that's cool. You and I need to do something like that. Yeah. Not sure how we would do it. We'd have to do something. So yeah, yeah. That's well, cool. We'll come up with side. Maybe the, the I don't know that our kids would appreciate it, but you know we'll be, we'll be leaving recordings of this podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, they can yeah. just run it in a continual loop. That's, in our graves. that's I think so. There you, go. you know, you've got okay. uh, you go on YouTube and you've got twelve hours of uh, <laughs> Rick Astley never going to give you up. We can put together twelve hours of this show. <laughs> Oh, Boy, <laughs> what a, in a mental home that's for yeah sure. what a what a great way to what a great something to do for you great guys. gift <laughs> all right well uh there's some good news i believe fall is almost here if it's not already, but uh, the weather seems to be cooperating, at least for the moment. Also cooperating is our friend uh, from Destination Cleveland, Jen Brazovich. Jen, uh, as September arrives, what, oh, what can Clevelanders do? Right around the corner, right, guys? We're, we're bidding farewell to summer, sadly. And unfortunately, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that means that the snow is just a few Whoa. months away again. But there is still plenty on the calendar to keep you entertained before the flakes start flying, um, assuming they hold off until like mid-September. You know, you never know here in Cleveland. Um, but tons of stuff to do, a lot of stuff to keep you busy during Labor Day and to fair, say farewell to summer and hello to fall. So let's start with Cleveland Oktoberfest. Clevelanders, we all know, don't need an excuse to drink beer. 
But if you are looking for an excuse, Oktoberfest offers just that. Um, this year, it's back for two weekends again. So it is Labor Day weekend, September 2nd through 5th. And then again, the following weekend, September 9th through 10th. Um, so a lot of opportunity to get out there. You know, tons of German beer on tap at every turn, but there is a really great showing from our local breweries as well, because there's a microbrew competition that happens throughout the weekend. So you can sample some of those local beers, cast your vote for your favorite, and then um, one of our local breweries will be crowned the champion, which is exciting. Of course, along with lots and lots and lots of beer, there is some awesome foods, sausages, pretzels, pierogi, uh, anything you could possibly hope for. Last year, I had a sausage wrapped in a pretzel, so um, mm. all sorts of combinations there. Um, you won't want to miss the beer stein holding contest. And if you are somebody who cannot get enough of the racing hot dogs at Guardians Games, let me tell you, the greatest showmanship in racing history is happening at Cleveland Oktoberfest with the Wiener Dog Races. Oh, yes. This is, I mean, just like a, an athletic showdown, unlike any other teeny tiny little Wiener Dogs, most dressed in costumes, just running up and down a, a field and looking ridiculous. So uh, a little something for everyone there. Of course, it is family friendly. Tickets are recommended in advance. It's out at the um, Cuyahoga County Fairgrounds. Also happening Labor Day, the return of the Cleveland National Air Show. Um, this is really exciting. We're so excited to have this back this year. Um, and this year we are hosting the U.S. Navy Blue Angels back in Cleveland. They come here every few years. This is their year here. Um, so this is happening right over Lake Erie, September 3rd through 5th. The center of it all is at Burke Lakefront Air Airport. Um, you know, you'll see the flyovers, you'll see all sorts of demonstrations. Uh, back on solid ground, you can check out some aircraft displays, talk to some pilots, jump in the cockpit for a photo opportunity. Um, there's a truck and a plane that'll race down the runway, all sorts of cool stuff for um, the entire family there. And of course, even if you're not looking to go over to the airport to check it out, there's still some really great viewing spots in Cleveland. Edgewater Park, probably one of the best because it's right there next to the airport. Um, but you will see and hear those planes overhead throughout Labor Day weekend. Do not be alarmed, it is just the air show. Uh, <laughs> taking place the, the second week in September, this is a really cool thing happening to the Riddle Green Partnership Fresh Fest. Uh, say that five times fast, Fresh Fest. Um, but this is coming back, this is the second year for this event. It is a free family-friendly festival that takes place September 10th at Riddle Farm in the Kinsman neighborhood. This is a really cool urban farm. If you haven't heard of it, I highly encourage you to look it up, take some look at some pictures, uh, get out there and check it out on the 10th and see what it's all about in person. Um, they've got greenhouses, hoop houses for growing veggies, and they even raise and supply fresh tilapia on the farm. So they have, um, they, they raise the tilapia there and then they provide it to local minority chefs and restaurants. So um, some really fresh stuff happening there. It's gonna be a celebration of culture and farm fresh food. Uh, performances from music acts. There's going to be a farmer's market, some chef's tasting, so you can try some of that fresh food, workshops, a kid's zone, uh, outdoor roller skating rink, yoga, a little something for everyone. But it should be a really cool chance for people to get out to the Kinsman neighborhood, visit that neighborhood, and maybe visit a place that they haven't been before. Um, all right, guys, I have a pop quiz for you. What is the best What is the best Twitter account in Cleveland? Uh Destination, Destination, Destination Cleveland. Cleveland. That's correct. Yes, that is the best Twitter account in Cleveland. But the second best Twitter account in Cleveland is the no, Northeast no, Ohio I, Regional Sewer District. Uh, yes, yes, it knew? is. Yes. I thought it was going to be two M A M I C L E. You That's guys, third. you guys are third. You have to okay. compete with the with the Sewer District, which is pretty tight competition because, believe it or not, they are a nationally renowned Twitter account. Yes, they uh, are. They, they get yeah, national, I've heard about this. coverage, and um, they're just they're such a good time on Twitter, and you can experience the good time 
in person on September 17th for Clean Water Festival. This is the first time that this event is returning since 2019. Um, and it also happens to be the Seward District's 50th anniversary. So it's gonna be a big celebration. Um, I mean, if you've always wanted to tour a wastewater treatment plant, this is your chance, September 17th, you're not gonna wanna miss it. There's gonna be exhibit booths, photo ops, music, games, um, of course, all of that good fun that they share on Twitter, they're gonna have in person. So it's really a can't miss event. And they actually have this really cool thing this year that's a scavenger hunt in honor of their 50th anniversary. It's through this app called Goose Chase. Um, I've been testing it out, it's pretty cool. So you can log in, um, check out their, their website or their social media for those details, but you can do the scavenger hunt leading up to um, Clean Water Festival, and then you can get all sorts of sewer district goodies and swag and um, some special opportunities at Clean Water Festival. Uh, so you can be the envy of the Twitter worlds for the that's rest of the That's what we year. aim to do. To be yeah, honest. Exactly. I know that's a big deal for Ted. There's yeah. no doubt about that. When I uh, got sewer out of district Twitter. Sewer yeah. district Twitter is absolutely outstanding. I, 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 I completely concur. I, I ask everyone to follow that. There's yeah, no doubt they're, about that. they're awesome. They're hilarious and educational, which is all you can ask for. For sure. Uh, Jen, so many events, and I say this multiple times, my hand can't write fast enough with everything you <laughs> talked about. Where do I need to go to find out about these events? And then maybe some stuff that's coming up certainly later in the fall and in the winter. That's incredible. Yeah. So if you head to thisiscleveland.com, um, I will tell you guys, we've got a brand new look on our homepage. So head there, check it out. Uh, we're working on some, some big updates to that website. So you should see some cool stuff. Um, lots of stuff happening throughout September. Those things we talked about, Greater Cleveland Urban Film Festival, Tremont Arts and Culture Festival in Lincoln Park. Um, and then Hispanic Heritage Month kicks off September 15th through October 15th. So we'll have some cool stuff happening there and some featured um, content on our website for Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, Cavalier season opener in late October. Hopefully we'll see some Guardians baseball in October this year. And then, yeah, unfortunately, the snow and the holidays will be here before we know it. But that just means the return of some other great events for us to talk about. So for sure, it's all a win-win here, guys. Yep. Teddy, you there? Did we lose you? I'm, I I was on mute. Oh, you Ted's, muted yourself. Ted's scrolling through the Seward, he's scrolling through the Seward District's Twitter account. That's it. Yes, I was. Yes, I was taken aback by. Uh, yeah. Yes, that's it. Uh, you know, the other day my wife claimed that I stole her thesaurus. Not only was I irritated, I was upset, aghast. Well, I'll stop. Uh, Jen, with, you know what? With content like that, you guys are in the running for number two Twitter account in Cleveland. I think. There you go. There yeah. you go. Moving through the ranks. <laughs> Ken just shakes his head. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think we have enough to do. Plenty uh, to do, guys. Ken, as we uh, approach the uh, start of the uh, Brown season, would you care to hazard a? Uh, uh, a prediction on the season, a, a number of wins, anything like that? You know, guys, I will be completely honest with you. And I can say this because I said it during my interview process at Destination Cleveland. I am a Buffalo Bills fan. Oh, wow. So, all right, uh, this so my over. prediction is that Josh Allen's going to take us all the way this ah, year. Ah. Uh, but if I have to predict for the Browns, I will say there is a 100% guarantee of some tailgate tailgating and um, all sorts of debauchery over there. 100% chance of beer um, and probably a, a few dogs within those parking lots over there. That's the best guess I can get for the Browns. Okay. That is the best <laughs> prediction I think you can give. I'm really I think that's impressed. A pretty safe one. And that's not surprising because I've actually been to a Buffalo Bills game and the tailgating there is like second level. So that answer completely makes sense. That is yeah. awesome. All right, Jen. Well, uh, 
we'll see if we bring you back uh, uh based on <laughs> she's this. coming back stop okay stop enough enough all right we'll stop well jen thank you and uh uh happy september thanks guys happy september fall is here Ted, we haven't had this segment in a while. You can really buy this. And I was going through some things. You know I like obscure stuff. I'm, I'm oh, all yeah. into that. That's probably why I like Clops Clips, because it's just obscure news and all that. And our theme today seems like food. We talked okay. about, you know, yep. certainly your triglycerides. We talked about, you know, um, stuff with Jen Rastovich from Cleveland Destination. So I figured, what is some of the obscure food items that have been purchased by people through using a site like eBay or something like that. So I found five different odd things that were purchased through eBay that I thought you'd really appreciate. Okay. The first one, this came in 2000, where a piece of toast that was half eaten by Justin Timberlake, you know, JT? I I do know JT. A 19-year-old fan bought this for $1,025. Now, a DJ got the toast because he's interviewing Justin Timberlake and he didn't finish it. I so see. DJ took the toast took and the sold toast. it to this young man for $1,025. I now we have Justin Timberlake's DNA on a piece of toast. I'm going to do that for you as well. You? When you're drinking <laughs> cup, like you're half drank, if yeah. you have like whatever yeah. your soda is, I'm going to sell yeah. that. Soon. I got it right here. I'll, I'll save this. Perfect. Yep. yep. Don't throw that away. So another interesting one that has to do with drink. In December 2004, a water that had said to have been left in a cup by Elvis Presley once drank was sold for $455. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. You're telling me that the Justin Timberlake toast outsold the Elvis Presley item? I know. I was floored as well. Okay. Now, a few tablespoons came from a plastic cup Presley sipped on at a concert in North Carolina in 1977. So I want you to think about this. Some person ran out after the concert, grabbed the cup, Mm -hmm. put a top on it, and saved this all the way until 2004? I don't know about that. How do you verify that? I don't know. I don't think you get a certificate of uh, no. authenticity. I don't think like so. That. That's strange. A few more. An Australian newspaper reported in 2004 that a single piece of the Kellogg's breakfast cereal Nutrigrain sold on eBay for $1,035 because it happened to bear a slight resemblance to the character E.T. from the <laughs> Steven Spielberg movie. One great one, one thing. I think that looks like E.T. Oh, yeah. Apparently, the seller went on to make even more money in relation to the sale for his appearance on a nationally televised current affairs program. Of course. Wow, this, well, that person really made out on that. That's great. Uh, two more. In 2004, a partially eaten 10-year-old grilled cheese sandwich <laughs> said to bear the image of the Virgin Mary sold on eBay oh. for 28 grand. What? 28 grand. 28 grand. Okay. And the last one in 2021, a chicken nugget from a McDonald's meal shaped like a character from the video game Among Us 
sold for $99,997. Wait a minute. The character from Among Us outsold the Virgin Mary? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> the seller of the chicken nugget also had a Szechuan sauce, of course, <laughs> and would ship the nugget with a packet of the sauce if the buyer requested so. Now, $99,000. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had that money to burn. Uh, well, you, if you did, you you can buy this, Dad. It's it's all there for you, right on eBay. Help yourself. The most trusted name in journalism, Klops Clips. All right, Ken. Here we go with. The news you said earlier in the last segment, uh, the unique news, uh, here we have it. The USA Mullet Championship <laughs> has crowned a winner from 25 finalists in the kids' division. Kids sported the, <laughs> the beaver division? tails to try to win a $2,500 first prize in the online contest started two years ago. There's a $10 entry fee. The donations did go to the Michigan Wig for Kids Foundation. That's cool. That's awesome. No. Yeah, mullets. I'm gonna, I would like to join the contest. I'd like to see yeah. if I can do that. You look good with a mullet, too. I, I Well, I don't know if I can grow enough hair oh, on the top to... Oh, in the back. Oh, it's a big party back yeah. there. Yeah, well, I, I, it, it's not business in the front. It's, there's Fine. Nothing it's going all in the on back. In the, the mullet's in the back. Now, don't okay. worry about the front. Juan Garcia of North Carolina needed some quarters to do his laundry, so he stopped at University Market in Durham, bought a $5 Megabucks limited edition lottery ticket to get his change. <laughs> then he scratched off a $250,000 winner. He needed laundry change and wound up with a quarter million bucks. Wow. Says the money will help him care for his six-month-old daughter. Oh, that's nice. You wow. know what he needed I needed a quarter. Get, he got he got a quarter thousand. Yeah, I uh, I get lint when I look for change. That's what I wind up. Lint. With. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. A Danish woman traveling from Africa to Canada got pulled aside at an airport. Investigators suspicious because of her itinerary and her behavior. They searched the 81-year-old lady's suitcase. Discovered it had a false bottom with 11 pounds of heroin worth more than a half million bucks in it. She claims a family member gave her the suitcase with gifts for relatives, and she now faces up to 15 years in the slammer. Yeah, I just the relatives gave it to me. I had no yeah, idea that's, what was that's, in there. Yeah. They said, take the bag. Sure. I said, fine. No problem. Don't, don't ask questions. Just take it. Move forward. 81 years old. <laughs> And a, uh, there's a new shoe brand out. So if you're looking for some shoes, you might want to consider this. New shoe brand out, partially made from unused and defective stuff. The name of the uh, new shoe brand is called Plastic Soul. S-O-U-L. Plastic Soul. About 85% of it is made from non-bleach EVA. That's a petroleum-based foam. Now, the yeah. other 15% is made from unused or defective adult toys. What? This is the result of a collaboration between a streetwear label called Rose in Good Faith 
And a giant in the adult toy business. Yes, I phrased that that way on purpose. A giant in the adult toy business. Doc Johnson. That's your that's your stage name. That is, yes. Uh, uh, they ground the the shoe stuff or the uh, the uh, toy stuff into a tiny mix of rubber and plastic, ideal for injection molding. That makes sense. There is a natural cork insole, and uh, these uh, shoes sell for one hundred and thirty dollars. I think it's great when you can recycle. I'm not sure if you want to tell a lot of people where yeah, yeah. from, but hey, yeah. do what you got to do. You getting a pair this week? Doing nah, it? Maybe next week. Call you Doc Johnson. I I, I, I think you ought to get a pair for Aowen. And then I don't let know. Her, I, yeah, I don't know. Let her wear that. them for a week or two and then tell her where, what they're made out of. These are the best shoes ever. Well, yeah. let me tell you. Doc Johnson. What's blue and not very heavy? Hmm, I don't know. Light blue. That joke was horrible. Coming to the end of episode 96, two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Ken, it's it's everything's in full gear now. All the fall sports for the kids are back. You're yep. probably at soccer all the time, right? And soccer cross country. Cross country. Yep. Yeah. Can't get enough. I, I got football and hockey and uh uh, once a week, uh, we have a golf uh, intro to golf thing too. Love it. I, I think we fit in some school once in a while. I'm not sure though. Now, <laughs> my my oldest son had his first football scrimmage last weekend, and he comes out of the game. Maybe uh, you know it's fourth or fifth play. His arm is dangling, and I go down there. He says, "I, I hurt my arm." And there's some parents around. I said, tape an aspirin to it and get back in there. You are hardcore, man. He says, he says, it's numb. I can't feel it. I said, well, you got two of them. My <laughs> the end of the year right here. One of the, one of the moms nearby. Uh, uh, she says, boy, I love dads. So next day, no bruise, nothing. But, oh, my arm hurts. Oh, my arm hurts. It hurts. I talked to my wife and we're like, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll take him. I'll, we'll, we'll go to the doctor. We were in the office. The doctor, I should say, was in the room for less than three minutes. Oh, wow. Diagnosing this as a soft tissue injury that would heal on its own. Oh, there and, you go. Uh, my analysis was, pal, it's not ballet. <laughs> so he goes to practice this week and you know, he mentions to the coaches that they're, he's, you know, his arm hurts. So after practice, I'm walking off and uh, they say, hey, uh, he's, he, he still says his arm hurts. You might want to get him a, a, a pad. So, of course, if I don't buy an elbow pad or a forearm pad, now I'm, yeah. I'm the dad that doesn't love his kids. Right. So we go to Dick's and we get. I was looking for the big thick forearm pad. They don't have those anymore. You can't Science. say that, by the way. Yeah. This is a this is a family friendly yes, show. I Continue, know. thank you. But now I have the sleeves with the pad in it. So okay. uh, I called my wife and I said, "You remember how we had that doctor appointment that had no copay?" She said, "Yeah." I said, "Well, let's just think of this as a copay of thirty seven dollars and eighty cents." She says, "Why?" I said, "Because I had to buy two a pair of forearm pads for him for the football." So there Classic. you go. There it is. 
Yep. Never ends. Well, Ted, hats off. And thank you to Dusty Sloan and Jen Brastovich for joining our podcast today and bringing more information than we ever could about sports and then food. We appreciate it. Ted, I just want to give you a quick reminder. We're just two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Two middle-aged men in Cleveland is sponsored by Westminster AV, custom audio-visual packages for all occasions. Call you Doc Johnson.